This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like when our partners say they don't deserve us, blaming ourselves for things we can't control, and predators. Wow, bummer city. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, You picked these letters, girl. Oh, God. Well, they just, it's just like, when you put it like that, Sam. Okay. Uh, But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed therapists and no, no state board has Mm. told us go for this. Not even like a city or a township board. (laughs) No. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. So Sam and I don't know what we're talking about. We're not professionals. We're not trained in this. Um, So please take our advice as you see fit. In your life, we're only here to offer our humble musings. So if we shed some understanding, hopefully, for God's sake. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience. That is love and all the garbage that comes with it. Hurrah! (laughs) (laughs) We're in a mood today. (laughs) Mm, That's right. Okay, Sam, what is our check-in topic for today? Our check-in topic comes from a letter writer, uh, Goofy Goober, which is a great name, (laughs) who is writing from a pineapple under the sea. Uh, So basically, Goofy is wondering, what do you do when your your lovely, lovely partner buys you a gift that you hate? (laughs) And you can can tell they put a lot of like thought and care into picking it out. Um, Goofy got a necklace from her partner, and she it's just like something she would never wear. Yeah. But she doesn't like know what to do. Should she say something? Uh, she should just grin and bear it. Yeah. Um, she, like she doesn't want to hurt his feelings because, you know, it's like the thought that counts. Mm. But also like she doesn't want to wear it. So what do you do when your partner gives you a gift that you don't love, but you can tell that they spent a lot of time thinking about it? Mm. So <clears throat> I th- I, I'm not sure if we're going to have like diff- differing opinions on this, but. Here's here's my hot take. Um, mm. You say thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and you just keep it. Um, and you, and here's why: because my personal choice is to attempt to receive gifts as graciously as possible, even though I have a habit of a, like abandoning myself or sort of in relationships, I tend to put the other person's needs in front of mine. So I have that sort of um, bad habit in my relationships. I don't see that 
I don't see myself giving myself up through receiving someone's gifts. Like I don't see that as a, as an act of like mm-hmm. self um, mm-hmm. abandonment. Um, yep. I don't feel as though pretending that I like the necklace that my bow gave me is being cruel to myself, but that's just me. Like I do understand why some people have more of a black and white understanding of of their authentic presentation of themselves and they want to be as true and real with their partner or who, or, you know, their mother-in-law or whatever as possible and just make it not a big deal by saying like, Oh, I really appreciate the gift, but this isn't for me, but I just don't do that. I, I would rather like <laughs> grin and bear it literally. Um, and, uh, and lovingly and accept that gift because not just like my love language, which is like make everyone feel as loved and comfortable at all times. But I like to keep in mind the other person's like love language and their emotional needs. Like, Mm -hmm. is this the way that they show me their love? Um, Are they telling me that they love me through this act of this thing that I don't necessarily like, but they're still telling me that they love me or, or, do they need to, you know, are they a tender hearted little like yuppie like me <laughs> who would feel really bad if they felt like they got you a gift that they didn't. Like? I, I don't know. Does that all make sense? I just, I just grin yeah. and bear it. <clears throat> That's honestly what I do too. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I well, think and it's I do okay. It because it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do it for, I think reasons that you talked about, which is like, it's more important to me that my partner put, a lot of thought into the thing rather than like whether or not I like it. Like I, I yeah. enjoy the fact that my partner put so much care into it. Um, and I've also like in my old age, just gotten less particular about things. Yeah, so it's totally. like, yeah, I got this thing and I, and I don't really like it, but like I can still wear it. Like who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's for sure. When you're, when you, like move through time, you tend to become a little bit more lenient or flexible in, in your identity as represented by things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like, this is also my challenge with gift giving as a love language. Mm. <laughs> Cause like I am, I've become a lot less, um, I would say like outwardly particular about things, but I still am like very particular about like the things that I buy and like the things that I put on my body. Like I have a very set sort of understanding of what I like and what I don't like. Um, and with gift giving, you never know what you're going to get. So it's always like anxiety inducing. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I look at it as like an act of service instead and be like, this person put a lot of time and thought into this. And so like, I will figure out how to enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Like my boss gave me a mug the other, well, it was like a year ago at this point, but it says, uh, I'm silently correcting your grammar on it. Um, and she just thought it was so funny and it spoke to me so well. And I was like, (laughs) I would never use this mug. Like, this is so, I don't want people to think that I'm always silently correcting their grammar. Like, God, but she was like, it was just so you. And I thought of you and I like saw it in the store and was like, oh my God, this Sam would love this. And like, and I was like, that's so sweet. So now I just use it at home when no one can see me because yeah. like, who wants to see me? Who wants to know that I I'm do, silently Sam. correcting their gamer? I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing because that whole situation is you. It's not just the mug. You know what I mean? It's that somebody <laughs> thought that mug was you, which is a very reasonable thought, but like, isn't you. And then, uh-huh. you know, put you in that position to where you use it alone. You're like a secret mug user. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> a closeted. <laughs> oh, I just love it all. Um, I I have an example of so Willow bought one time we were like walking around a farmer's market. And I saw this necklace in like a jewelry, like an artisan jewelry, something like, oh my, God, I mm-hmm. love that. It's so pretty. And she like tucked it away in her adorable little brain and Cute. bought it for me for Christmas, like four months later. Um, but she bought it in silver and I don't wear silver. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to sound so hoity <laughs> toity. I just like, it doesn't look good on my skin tone. Um, I wear gold mm-hmm. jewelry and... Um, and that's just a fact. I just wouldn't, I, I love the necklace so much, but I wouldn't wear it if it was silver. I just wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. Or I would do what you do, like in the terms of like flexibilities. I would wear it once or twice, but um, as an act of love, but it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't get the wear and tear <laughs> that it deserved because it was so pretty. And I ended up, because I felt like, because Willow is very sort of pragmatic and, wanted me mm-hmm. to be happy after like 48 hours i was like i really don't wear silver jewelry but i was like really anxious about it i was really nervous because mm-hmm. i felt like i was rejecting her love and she was like oh cool let's take it back and it was like yeah. <laughs> it was actually a really good exercise for me and so i'm this is the antithesis of the advice that i gave earlier but i do think it's like it depends on it depends on the person it depends on the relationship it depends on the gift if my mother-in-law gave me something that i didn't like i would just man i would kiss that woman and i'd bake her cookies and i say thank you so much i would never tell my mother-in-law i didn't like a gift from her right um my wife though in that one instance in which i knew we could exchange it or like she she made me feel really good about it. I I plus it was a learning experience for her. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Um but now she knows to never buy you silver jewelry now ever she knows. again. Look at my look at my wedding ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I that being said, um the that that is like one example out of a hundred times that I've been given a gift I didn't like. Um I, I rarely would speak up about it. And I I think the one thing I want to touch on is, well, the two things. One, you can lovingly and respectfully say what you don't like about it if you choose Mm -hmm. to. That That is your personal choice and agency. Number two, I don't... I don't see accepting a gift from someone that I don't like as an act of abandoning or harming myself. Um, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes that we get... We are building up those muscles to like be our defenders you know to like protect ourselves and stand up for ourselves and take care of ourselves and we we put a lot of effort in like putting up those boundaries and building up those emotional muscles that when we have to go back on ourselves when we when we get challenged with being our inauthentic self it can almost be like triggering you know like i'm not trying Mm -hmm. to say that like getting a a mug you don't like is triggering in the capital t (laughs) way that we think about it but it can be like oh my god am i being my inauthentic self am i slipping back into old unhealthy behaviors and i just want to say like a general like no you're being a kind loving gracious gift receiver (laughs) yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree with that and as someone who like as a gift giver, I'm very anxious about my gifts. Like I, it's not, it's not how I I don't operate very well in it. And so like, I, I tend to overthink everything. Um, like I don't really want to know if you don't like my gift or not, but like, yeah, (laughs) like if you throw it out, like like, that's fine. Just like, don't tell me. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, I think Willow would want to know, but I even asked her before we started recording, like, what do you do if you got a really gifted and like, and she said, uh, say thank you and then put it away and never use it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to sound callous when we talk about this, but I just think like, it's okay. It's part of life. Getting a gift you don't like is kind of part of life. Um, Mm -hmm. and we can't expect everyone to think and act like we do. Therefore, gift getting, gift giving will always be guesswork and guesswork is always flawed oh absolutely anything else you want to say about that before we move into our first letter <sighs> no yeah but i i hope that you figure it out uh goofy goober um and wear just the know necklace that- just like once <laughs> yeah. just wear it see or, maybe you'll like it i know i know that there are people out there just saying just tell your boyfriend you don't like it and that is also fine this yeah. is a perfect example where we're literally just she- she- sheerly telling our opinion. <laughs> yeah, but no, there's absolutely. like multiple other paths out there for you. And again, it's about like nuance. Like yeah. obviously Willow would be fine with someone telling her that you didn't like the gift. I would not be fine. No, with that. I would be emotionally crushed because <laughs> I'm a sensitive little turd. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the first letter of this episode is from new girlfriend who is writing to us from Seattle. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First of all, I have to say how much I love this podcast. I recommend it to literally everyone in my life. And I love talking about JBU with my friends. Y'all are the best. That is very kind. Thank you so much. And hi to all your friends. If you recognize this letter. <laughs> 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 I'm writing to you about a new relationship I'm um, in with a truly wonderful man. I'm a 24-year-old bi cis woman, and he's a 24-year-old queer cis man. I have spent the past two years being single and really working on myself as a person, myself in relationships, and my mental health. Coming into this relationship, I already feel like I'm so much healthier than in my past romantic endeavors. My boyfriend, we can call him C., has similarly been single for a few years and actively reflecting on all his past relationships and how he can do better in his next one. We've been dating for about a month and just made it, quote, official, calling each other boyfriend-girlfriend a few days ago. You guys, I'm so happy. C is possibly the kindest, sweetest, most open-hearted person I have ever met. We have many similar interests and values, books, music, animals, vegetarianism, social justice. We communicate very openly and honestly, and I've literally never laughed more with anyone else. Wouldn't it be great if the letter just ended right there? <laughs> yeah, right. And be like, cool. Cool. Congrats. Moving on. <laughs> uh, this is life. He always tells me how much he likes me and enjoys spending time with me. And as an anxiously attached person who has only dated avoidant people in the past, this is so refreshing and comforting. Unlike trying to play it cool in previous relationships, I never feel afraid to tell C how I feel and how much I like him. I also don't feel afraid to talk to him if there's some, something I don't, I'm uncomfortable with because communication doesn't make him shut down. He actually responds kindly and thoughtfully. Since it's a pandemic, we obviously can't do too many activities, but we've enjoyed takeout and park dates. And honestly, I could just do nothing with him for hours and be content. Anyway, here's the issue. I have personally spent a lot of time in therapy and worked on my self-confidence and self-love over the years, and I think I'm a pretty confident person. C is not, which is understandable, but the issue is that he believes he is, quote, not good enough for me, which breaks my heart. He thinks I am gorgeous and tells me all the time, and he thinks 
Uh, and I think he is absolutely stunning as well, but he doesn't think so. C has told me that while he does identify as a man, he's very cognizant of how harmful men and the patriarchy are and subsequently has a lot of hatred towards men, some of which is directed at himself. I make a point to tell him the things I like about men that he embodies or that I'm feeling very attracted to him as a man, which he also appreciates, but I don't know if it really helps. He'll say something like, I don't know why someone as beautiful and smart as you would want to be with me. I'm in graduate school and he didn't finish college, and, but I don't think of myself as being smarter than he is. I just was lucky enough to have a family that could pay for higher education. I frequently tell him how much I like him, how much I am attracted to him, how he makes me happy, and how wonderful I think he is. He tells me he appreciates the compliments, but I don't really know what else to do. I have insisted that there is no hierarchy in this relationship, and I share that it makes me uncomfortable when he says stuff like, quote, I don't deserve you. Obviously, I can't change someone's mind about themselves or their self-image, but besides words of affirmation and recommending that he sees a therapist, is there anything else I can do? I think he's so lovely, and I truly think we're a good match, and I just want him to see himself the way I do. Everything else in this new relationship feels like a strong foundation for a longer-term, healthy, happy relationship, but this one thing is kind of concerning to me. Any advice would be appreciated. I love you, too. Well, we love you, too, new girlfriend. Thank you so much for writing. Samuel, have you ever been in a situation like this? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's very familiar to me. Like, I feel like maybe I've seen it in pop culture, you know, or like a TV show mm-hmm. or something. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I've dealt with it as directly as new girlfriend is dealing with it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say, just as a general statement before we dive into advice is to anyone dealing with something like this, and new girlfriend, don't go on the internet and Google this. Because let me tell you, I was so (laughs) disturbed. I was so disturbed, Sam. I Googled it and it was like, um, 10 things you can do to fix your man's self-esteem. And it was like, and it was like, it'd be like, uh, don't upset him. (laughs) Or like, or like, he thinks that you're more powerful. Like, be more submissive. Or like, it was just so problematic about like, oh, gross, tiptoeing around some. You know, the internet, at least the first page of Google, apparently thought that the that the self esteem was a product of um, somebody who didn't feel like who felt like threatened and unsupported and like maybe that they were going to go get their needs met elsewhere. It was so Mm. weird and toxic. I can't tell you like how much I disagreed with every single thing I read. (laughs) So um, don't go on the internet. (laughs) It's my number one piece of advice and off out the gate, out the bat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will. So yeah, to be clear, like I don't think that I've, ever dated someone who's been like, I don't deserve to be dating you, but I have for sure dated people who have self-esteem issues like that. That's a reality. Um, and so I can empathize with, with what it's like to be dating someone who is constantly belittling themselves. Mm. Um, it it just never was like, a. apparently they thought I was shit too. So like they (laughs) never like, (laughs) 
they were like, wow, we're both awful and we deserve each other, but that's fine. Boo, let it go. Not a narrative. Uh, <laughs> I, I hung on to that not, from last that week. Was, <laughs> that was, I'm totally joking. Y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so I know how hard it is when to be dating someone who is um, like constantly talking badly about themselves. Like yeah. that's really, that's, that's, it's not a fun place to be. For either party, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And so, like, um, I feel you, no girlfriend, and and I honestly, like, appreciate how much time and effort you're putting into giving him compliments and and sort of talking to him and trying to to challenge some of the, the narratives that he's telling himself. Um, but I just want to start by saying, like, it's not your job to make him feel better about himself. Like, yes, yes, you can you can continue to love and support him and give him the compliments that you like honestly legitimately feel towards him. Um, but you can't like love him into loving himself. That's that, that's the sad truth of it. Um, You can still continue to love him, right? Like you can still continue to be in relationship with him, but, um, but you can't be the one to get him to build up his self-esteem. So I thought about something this morning, um, as I was like thinking about this episode and like getting dressed and stuff, uh, several thousand episodes ago, <laughs> I presented the idea of, you know, when a man, a man or a partner or a girlfriend or whatever is not, is, is making you feel as though they're only giving you part of themselves. Like they're giving you like 70% of yourself and there's, and they're reaching, they're not, there's, they're not reaching the potential that you see in your mind. We would always mm-hmm. say, well, <clears throat> this feels like there's 70%, but I, I'm holding out for the 100%, you know? Mm-hmm. And Sam and I would lovingly say to these people that this is their 100%, you know, the right. way that they're treating you is their 100%. Now, this situation is a little bit different because this partner is obviously not treating you poorly. You're fulfilled by this relationship. But I want to pose that same line of thinking is that that this is his hundred percent, which means there's no deficit on your end. There's no way that you Mm -hmm. could act that would, that would make his, his 70%, a hundred percent. This is already his hundred percent. And I don't mean that in a degrading way towards him at all. I mean, he sounds like a lovely partner who's dealing with something that we all deal with, which is self-esteem issues. But I just want to, I want to frame it in that way new girlfriend so that it, you don't think as though there's something that you can do to write this. Just like Sam said, it's not your job. Literally it's not your job, but not only that it's, it's it, you cannot fix this, right? There's not a 10 step program that you can do to, that makes him um, stop. That makes him reach a different level of um, compatibility for you. That being said, I think that you guys are very compatible, right? Like, um, mm-hmm this relationship is not doomed at all. Um, uh, the next thing I would say is that you could, I would accept this partner's feelings as real for them, you know, like that these feelings are real for him, but, and also remember what's real for you. Like not only, what do you know, you know that what's real for you is that you do love him and he does deserve you and all those things. But also what's real for you is that you can't always be dipping into your own well to fill up someone else's, right? 
Mm. That is, that has to be like, I don't want you to be on the defensive, but I just want you to be aware. I guess like you're allowed to hold someone with low self-esteem accountable to his actions. Mm -hmm. That's what I hated about the fucking internet is they were like tiptoe around them. Like, you know, do, do special things to make him feel special on top of the special things that you were already doing. Obviously, like we all want you to be like a loving, healthy, supportive partner, especially when it comes to like mental health. But I think something that stood out to me was just this, this intense pressure that you were putting on yourself to write this and there's nothing for you to write. It's just, you need Mm -hmm. to be your healthy, happy, whole self to be that supportive partner. And, um, uh, that's your job, I guess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I do think that there are things that you can do to help the situation, right? Like not correct it, but, Mm -hmm. but there are ways I think that you can talk about this that might be that he might hear. Um, and one of the things that I have done in the past is, is just like, be really honest with him about how he talks about himself and the way that that makes you feel. Yes. Right. Like when you, you know, to say like, honey, I love you. But when you talk about yourself like that, it really hurts my feelings because you're talking, that's how you're talking about my boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, that's how you're talking about someone who is deeply, deeply important to me. And I wouldn't right. let anyone else talk to you, talk about you in that way. So like, it's hard for me to sit here and listen to you berate yourself like this because I know that those things aren't true and it makes me feel like, uh, someone is hurting you and I don't want anyone to hurt you, even you. Um, right. And really just talk about how the impact that sort of his feelings about himself have on the people around him who have, who, who love him dearly and have to listen to someone insult that person over and over again. Totally. Um, and maybe that'll help put into perspective sort of the, the level of, of insult that he is giving himself, right. To say like, to sort of externalize it a little bit, because we are all, not all of us, many of us are so used to insulting ourselves and talking negatively to ourselves that we don't even realize how awful it is until suddenly it's directed at someone else or suddenly you see it from outside, right? Like, Oh my God, why would I say to Peter, you're a fucking idiot for like putting the the toilet paper in the wrong place, Mm -hmm. right? Like, no, I would never do that. So like, why is it okay that I can do that to myself? So, so opportunities for you to sort of externalize what he's saying to himself and like help him see it and help him see the way that it impacts you really negatively, right? Because you deserve to be seen and also heard in this relationship too, right? And the things that he's saying are deeply, deeply affecting you. They're making you uncomfortable. They're making, they're hurting your feelings. Um, they're making and so you I think, think about your relationship long-term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think being really honest about that, using those I statements, talking about how you feel when this stuff happens might get you to a point where you can have a more sort of helpful conversation, particularly I think around encourage him to encouraging him to find a therapist and right. work through some of this, this issues. Cause this isn't just self-esteem. This is like really negative self-talk. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's linked to more than just like, Oh, I don't think I am handsome and more like I fundamentally think that I'm a terrible, ugly human. Right. Totally. Um, I think along with what Sam was saying, I, I wrote the line, um, 
who is this thought process serving? Um, and mm. I like to ask myself that when I catch myself in like a negative loop or a shame spiral or or what, or when I'm thinking really harshly about myself in a way that I would never think about my partner or my friends or whatever, um, who is this serving? Um, you know, what, what, what are these negative thoughts fulfilling in me? Um, and I want to echo Sam's push to a therapist because, um, a lot of times these thought patterns are so, uh, normalized in our brain. They're, they are the synapse connections that we have made and used again and again and again, that they, that they become so familiar that we, they're routine, you know, ta- speaking negatively about myself, uh, about myself was so normal for so long in my life um, that it actually feels awkward, uncomfortable, and dare I say, almost impossible not to have some of those self-deprecating <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, I want to say confidently that it is 100% possible to change the way you think about something. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, when we changing our realities in that way, changing our inner narratives um, can be a lot of restructuring in our brains and our hearts. So I want to push, <clears throat> I want to echo Sam's push to a counselor or a mental health professional. Um, something that I have been unpacking in therapy right now, um, I said the other day that, I started seeing a therapist um, who specialized in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically mm-hmm. just what I was talking about, like trying to reroute those brain paths, you know, like, inst- yeah. you know, if Sam and I get a hundred good reviews and one bad, bad review, um, I'm like, oh my God, we have a terrible podcast and we can't podcast ever again, <laughs> ever, you know, but that thought, pro- who's that thought, thought process serving and what irrational truths am I pulling out of that thought process? Um, mm. And so what I want to, I just want to like give you a glimpse into that world that you can either a, this is a, the only time in this letter that I'm going to tell you to Google something because <laughs> the rest of it was awful. <laughs> Um, you can either like Google uh, some some tools with with him, not for him, with mm. him, not for him, or you can maybe seek out a CBT therapist um, in your area. But <clears throat> a huge, a foundational thing in CBT is um, if they it is the idea that there are a certain amount of repetitive, unhelpful thought processes that we have that we all have. Whether it's like mind reading, you assume that you know what the person um, is thinking and it's 99% of the time like a bad thing about you. That's not real. Like mm-hmm. none of us are mind readers. <laughs> or right, you right. catastrophize, you know, 100 good reviews and one bad review means I'm a bad person. We have a bad podcast. Like these are mm-hmm. two examples of unhelpful thought processes, et cetera. Um, and w- what a CBT therapist would help you do is... Um, uh, give each of these t- style of thoughts an anecdote. Like, um, do I really know what my wife is thinking? Do I, re- can I really read her mind? Am I sure? You know, mm. is there another positive alternative as to why she didn't make eye contact with me this morning? It's not because she's mad at me, like my, you know, or whatever. Um, so look that up. Uh, um, maybe ask him what type of thought process he relates to and maybe see if you guys can think of some positive alternatives, literally pulling out quotes from your letter. Um, I don't know why someone as beautiful and smart would be, uh, would want to be with someone like me. What's a positive alternative to that statement? 
I like you because of this or, or <laughs> flipping it from his perspective. Um, this person who is smart and attractive wants to be with me because they find me attractive and they love me. Um, mm-hmm. They like, you know, they like my sense of humor, like ask him challenge those negative thought patterns, because just like Sam said, like how we're so shocked when we hear like we would never speak to a stranger or particularly like a loved one or a child the way we speak to ourselves. Similarly, when we st- say these negative inner monologues out loud, they almost become ridiculous you know like they almost (laughs) become unbelievable like like are you are you a bad person right are you are you Mm -hmm. truly a bad person who doesn't deserve love and you're like yeah uh like you know like the stubborn broken (laughs) the stubborn broken part of me is like yes i am a bad person and then i say it out loud i'm like am i bad is am i truly bad you know what i mean like it kind of like for sure airs out some of the irrationality of our inner monologue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think all of those things, and also just getting back to the the thing you started with, which is the question of like, who is this in service to? Um, I think just like helping make it clear for him that, that it's not in service to you that he's doing these things, Right. right? Like it's actually making you feel worse. Like it would be you, like, I'm sure that you would love a compliment if it didn't also come with, this idea of, and that means that you're too good for me or like, and in comparison to me, you are just so amazing, right? Like that's not, those compliments aren't in service to you. They're in service to making him or reinforcing the the bad things that he thinks about himself. And so I think framing it in that way too, to say like, honey, I love that. I love that you, you say these things because you think that they like will fill me up. But, but the, because there's always this element of like, you're, you don't deserve me or you're less smart or less attractive. It doesn't make me feel good. It's yes. not, in, it's not serving me in any way right. um, to like help reframe that too. And I also think that question about like, who is this in service to is also critically important when we talk about um, social justice issues as members of like the oppressive group. <laughs> right. Mm. So like, like, him feeling bad about or him hating all men and hating himself for being a man is not in service to anything. It's not Mm. in service to the overall goal, which is a a dismantling of the patriarchy. It is only serving to reinforce his narrative about himself, right? There's no, it's not, it is not in pursuit of the justice that he claims to espouse. And I, and I say that not necessarily to, like for you to call him out on that. But I say that in general to say to folks, especially white folks, especially cis men, right. Internalizing the hatred that you might have for people of your class or race or gender is not actually in service to the broader goal of dismantling the oppression that we benefit from, right? It is, it stops there because that's where it stops. Then it just becomes like a, oh, I'm a man and men are all awful, right? It's not actually moving the work forward, which is to begin to figure out ways to actually dismantle these systems, not just hate them and and use them as ways to hate ourselves. So asking yourself, okay. who is this in service to is is critically important. I think when we think about how we can be, how we can show up as better allies and advocates and, and co-conspirators, because let me tell you, I, that, that sort of hatred of white folks has is a pervasive theme in my life and also something that I've had to realize is not actually super helpful when I'm trying to figure out how we can actually 
move towards um, equity and liberation. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So new girlfriend, I feel like we did. I, I wish we talked about, um, accountability to, um, in terms of like, what is, what is new girlfriend's job and what isn't like later (laughs) we like Mm -hmm. opened with it. Um, and I probably like was a little inarticulate, but I just want, I think Sam and I both want to give you these tools and these conversation starters and these ways of navigating as a team, um, these, this, these pervasive thoughts that your boyfriend is having. But Mm -hmm. I think I just want to end on saying like, um, just because someone's hurting doesn't mean there's not space for your needs. Um, And so just make sure as you're navigating this, as you're building up this healthy new love um, that there is a, um, equal space and energy put into um, both of your needs just because he's hurting Mm -hmm. loudly doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you need to sacrifice anything. I don't think this is happening, but I can see a path to that very easily. I don't really Mm -hmm. know this person. I don't know their, you know, this is just a letter. So I don't know what, like, I don't, I don't, that's not for certain, but I just wanted to touch on that again, like 5% more eloquently than I did in the beginning. Absolutely. Um, And I'm glad you said the thing about men um, because (laughs) you're right. What is this serving? Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. New girlfriend, thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. Absolutely. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Our next letter comes from Gigi, who's writing from Alberta, Canada. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Thank you so much for this podcast. Listening to you keeps me focused on the head and heart work that I know I deserve for myself. I was in a six-year relationship with my boyfriend, P. We started dating in our early 20s. We shared everything together, all of the ups and downs. We lived together for four of the six years and have a dog who loves us both. I talked often about our future together, getting married and having kids. He was the only love I needed. In May of this year, we found out that P's grandfather was ill and that he would be passing away at any time. P's grandfather lives eight hours away, so we needed to drive out as soon as possible. This is where I need to take some responsibility for my actions and say that during this time, I was not in the right headspace. I suffer from anxiety and OCD, which was always present in our relationship and was in a sense swept under the rug. P would not fully open up to me about certain things because he wasn't sure how my anxiety would take it. And I was in denial about having anxiety at all. My anxiety was at an all-time high at this point. And so when we found out that we would need to leave right away, I panicked and had a massive mental break. P ended up leaving on his own and I stayed behind. I felt terrible, but was so unable to comprehend due to my state. When P came back home, things seemed all right. But the next argument we had afterwards turned into a massive blow up. Again, I blame my mental health state for the blow up. P left our place for a few nights and then texted me that he wanted to break up. A few days after that, P texted me again saying he was five minutes away and was there to collect his things from our apartment. I sat in my car for an hour and a half hiding while him and his friends went through all of our things and took what was his. We didn't speak for a month. Then we decided that after having some time apart that we would slowly try to work on things again. We both found our own counseling services, picked up some self-help books, and I found you too. But even through all this, we still had a lot of trauma. P wasn't over the fact that I was not there for him when he needed me as his grandpa was dying, and I was not over well being dumped by him. 
So small issues became large ones. After a few months of very hard trying, it all came crashing down from one argument. I said that I needed my time to be alone for a bit. He ignored me for the rest of the day. And the following afternoon, P told me that we were not compatible. We don't make each other happy and that we need to be apart. Mm. I was crushed. It has been two weeks since this. And in those two weeks, I hooked up with a friend of a friend to fill an empty space in me. And P hooked up with two other girls. I have asked P if he can still see us in the end together after we take this time apart. And he responded that I do not give him what he needs and that he has already found someone who makes him much happier. I only recently found out that his love language was physical touch. And I was not able to please him in that way because it was too late by then. Six years gone for something he's had for two weeks. I can't help but be angry with myself because my inability to recognize my mental health state ruined the future with the person that I thought I was going to be with for forever. If I only knew then what I know now, maybe I could have loved him properly. I guess my question comes down to, did I deserve this? How do I he let this heal? How do I let him go? I've asked P if I can make this better and deep down, I know I can't. So now it is up to me to process and let him go so he can get the love that he deserves. But what does this mean for me? Will I ever be happy? Oh, Gigi, thank you so much for writing. Um, and of course you'll be happy. Of course. Without a doubt. Honestly, I can mm -hmm. say that a thousand percent confidently. Not a number, but I'm not a math person. Um, so, uh, yes, I'm sorry that you went through this. I'm sorry that your relationship ended. Um, breakups are a terrible, terrible, terrible experience. <laughs> There's yes. rarely no, anything good about them. And they're so physical and emotional and spatial and they can disrupt your friend groups like they're just awful and you're going through what sounds like a very difficult one uh and the first thing i want to tell you is to forgive yourself mm -hmm. for not being able to be there for your partner the way that you wish you could now because you mm -hmm. were there for him as well as you could in the moment that was the that was the best that you could do and that might mm -hmm. feel shameful that might feel disappointing, um, but that does not make, just because you feel those feelings doesn't mean you are a shameful or a disappointing person. We all go through life and um, show up in ways in which we wish we could show up more later, right? How do I say that mm -hmm. eloquently? <laughs> like we, we all show up to the best of our ability and then later down the line, wish that our best was more right? That is, that is a Absolutely. part of the yep. human experience. Um, and it feels like you have a lot of regret and shame about how you showed up for your partner um, and blame. Um, and I just want you to forgive yourself. You're forgiven, right? You did the best that you could. And there's no um, hemming and hawing or looking back or beating yourself up or self-punishment that will change the past, right? What mm -hmm. we need to lean into now is forgiveness and acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you even say in your letter, I'm angry with myself because of my inability to recognize my mental health state, right? Which is like, you're mad at yourself for something that you literally couldn't do, <laughs> which I think is like a totally, like, I don't want to sort of sensationalize that. Like, I think that's a really natural and normal thing to be thinking about. Right. But I, I, I want to say it explicitly out loud so that you can sort of hear how how illogical it is or like how not real it is. Like you're mad at yourself because you literally were unable to do something, which is like, 
am I going to be mad at myself because I like literally couldn't fly an airplane or like, am I going to be mad at myself because I literally couldn't, um, predict that this thing was going to happen or this person was going to say this thing to me? Like, no, because I was I unable to do right. anything about it. Right. Like, right. and the reality is, is that like, we're all trying our best all the time. And sometimes our best doesn't make the world like doesn't make things perfect or like doesn't actually get the result that we want. And that's okay. Like we still have to recognize that we were trying our best. We were doing the best that we could in that moment. And we could not have lit. We literally could not have done anything else in that moment. You could not have shown up as a better partner because you didn't have this, the capability to do it. You didn't, you didn't know that you were experiencing mental health issues. You didn't know that this is going to be super triggering for you. And so you showed up in the best way you could and that's okay. Yeah. And, and, and with this like blanket of tenderness around us now, I also want to say, even if you knew, right, even if you knew your anxiety was like kind of taking over and that you weren't showing up the best that you could, or maybe, you know, the way things often goes in a relation in a six year relationship, you were maybe taking your partner's presence a little for granted or, or whatever. Like, even if you weren't showing up in a way that you feel that, you know, intellectually wasn't your hundred percent, it was still your hundred percent at that time, because now Mm -hmm. with perspective and time, you can look and think, okay, this is how I can do something differently in the future. Right. So with this blanket of forgiveness around us, now I want, I want you to like, look back and say, Oh, cause, cause so often we, we don't want to like look back on the choices that we made that we don't love. Um, because we either, the two routes are, we want to avoid them forever. Right. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. look back on this terrible behavior and therefore I'm never going to change it. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> My twenties, you know, yeah, or right. the second route is we look back and we obsess over, wow, what a fucking fucked up shit I was, right? Talking about Mm -hmm. like negative self-talk, like how selfish of me, how stupid of me. If I had just done X, Y, and Z, if I just showed up, if I just done something differently, it would be different. But there is, this is where time is like the cruelest mistress, right? Because you can't go back. There's literally no changing how that behavior unfolded. And now that we understand that that was your best, right? And that there's no changing it. We can stop obsessing over the choices that we did or did not make. And now move forward to, to the, to the now to think about what choices we can make now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that you lost this. Re- no, no, you didn't lose this relationship. This relationship ended, right? People mm-hmm. don't win or lose relationships. I'm sorry that this relationship ended and I'm sorry that you're feeling this great regret and heartache, but most blatantly, I want to say to you, um, the, this relationship looking back, wanting more from this relationship is no longer safe and that healing and your, um, future lie ahead of you. It's time to move forward in whatever way that manifests. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the questions that you ask is, did I deserve this? Um, and the reality is, is that no, you, you didn't deserve this, right? There are no relationship gods up there that like dole out justice or dole out, make sure that everyone gets what they deserve when it comes to relationship, right? Like, 
And I think uh, unpairing your reality from that idea of like people get what they deserve or like I deserve this because I did these things. You are in, there are so many different factors in this here, right? There are so many different nuances in a six year relationship. There are so many complicating factors and to, to, so to say that you deserved this isn't reality, right? Like there, there was no justice. There was no retribution. The reality is, is that you were in a very complicated six year relationship with two very complicated people and it ended it, mm. and it ended for a multitude of reasons. And it ended because of things that you did and things that he did and, and the way that the world was working and his grandfather dying and being in a pandemic and all of these extenuating circumstances that led to this relationship, not being able to withstand them. And so no one deserves this. No one, no one is the, the bad guy in this relationship. It is just the fact that this, right. This, just the fact that this relationship couldn't last anymore. Right. And, and that's sad. That's super sad, but it's not, you didn't ask for this. You didn't, no one said, wow, this, this woman, Gigi, she's really awful. So we're going to make sure that she's hurting a lot right now. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not real. I want to go back to the thing that we brought up in the first episode or the first letter that was like, what are some positive alternatives? And you're saying Mm. a lot of extreme things right now. And it's because you're hurting. Like our brains Mm -hmm. catastrophize things when we're hurting, when we feel ashamed, when we've made a choice that we feel like we regret or whatever. Then we go to, I'm a bad person. I deserve this. I'm never going to find love again. I'm never going to be happy Mm -hmm. again, which is what you asked. And I want to say that plainly, right? You asked, will I ever be happy again? What are some positive alternatives to that thought process, right? I'm hurting Mm -hmm. now, which means I'm never going to be happy again. I'm doubting the possibility of happiness. And that's just, that's just not real, right? A positive Mm -hmm. alternative to that is I'm hurting right now. This relationship meant a lot to me and I'm no longer in it. This hurts. I'm feeling pain because pain tells me how much something mattered to me. But Mm. my ability to feel pain does not mean that I will never feel happiness again. And I know this because I have a rational brain, right? I know that just Mm -hmm. because my heart is screaming so loud right now doesn't mean it can't, it can't laugh with joy or overflow with love later. Um, We we need to speak proof and rationality into the irrationality of self-loathing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For example, this statement, and I know this statement was made out of pain and I know pain loves to be a dramatic little irrational twat but um, twat wow <laughs> my brain just went there um but pain if i am if i like physicalize pain or personify pain i imagine it being like half the time it's like a brooding teenager and just like punching walls and you know punching your gut mm-hmm. and just making you feel so sad and other times it's like a toddler just like ah my and it, and it, your pain acts out which is why I imagine it as a child. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> got it. Thank you. So this little irrational child um, of your pain said, per his new relationship, six years gone for a two something in two weeks. Right? That's not real. And it's not real. You know it's not real. And I know your pain said it. And I know your pain wants you to think that it's real. But we, you and I, and your relationships—they're not things. They're not products 
on a shelf that can be exchanged at Target, right? He did not mm-hmm. see his six-year relationship and value it to something that was worth two weeks, right? There's no, there's no right. comparing it. There's no exchanging it. And that sort of thought process will only lead to more pain. Now, here's the tricky bitch. <laughs> I know that that kind of thought process is really fucking comforting, right? It's yeah. so comforting to say, ah, fuck this new girl. Fuck him for exchanging our six years for the two weeks. Like, fuck him, fuck him, fuck her, fuck it all, right? Yeah. It's no, comforting. And I also think that... Yeah. And we say stuff like that so that people can see the pain that we're feeling. Yes. Right. Like we say stuff like that so that we can we can externalize this horrible thing that we're going through that no one else seems to understand or see. So like and definitely not. I mean, you're you're being dramatic for sure. But like, <laughs> well, we be I, dramatic. You're hurting. Well, it's I, like, I, I yeah. want you to say what you need to say. But but then you got to if you want to stop hurting, literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to then speak truth and rationale to your irrational pain, which is he Absolutely. didn't exchange our six year, very important relationship for a two week fling. That's not what right. happened, even though that's mm-hmm. what my pain wants it to happen. Yeah. And also, Gigi, I want to go into something else in your letter where you say, so now it is up to me to process and let him go so that he can get the love that he deserves. He can get the love. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, I want you to uh, take that sentence and I want you to switch out many of the pronouns. So what I want you to say instead is, so now it is up to me to process and let him go so that I can get the love that I deserve. Right. Because you are also very much deserving of love, Gigi. And and you deserve to be with someone who wants to be with you first of all which which clearly p doesn't at this point and i know that's a harsh truth but like we gotta say it we gotta say it explicitly so that we can learn to believe it Mm -hmm. and secondly you deserve to be with someone who is going to practice more empathy and forgiveness for when your mental health issues cause you to not be able to show up in the way that you want to right right? and i'm not trying to throw p under the bus. I don't want to like, I don't want to say he's a bad guy or anything because I think it's super understandable that he would be hurt and upset that, that you weren't able to be there for him when he needed you in that moment. But, but your mental health is something that's going to continue to be part of your life for, for the rest of your life, probably. Right. And so you want to be with someone who's going to be able to look at those moments with empathy and forgiveness and understanding and, and be able to move past them. Right. And, and really to be clear, like, I don't think that this thing with the grandfather was the reason you broke up. Right. I think it was one of the many reasons why you two were not compatible. Right. Right. And, and I think that that's really important to remember. It's not that you failed at this relationship. You failed to give him what he wanted or what he needed. Right. The reality is, is that this relationship failed both of you. This relationship mm. was two incompatible people coming together and just not being able to make it work for the long term. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to push back on that and say, like, you have love left to give. You are deserving of someone who wants to be with you. You are deserving of someone who is going to continue to practice empathy, continue to practice forgiveness with you and who you, I hope will be able to practice empathy and forgiveness with. And it's just not P and that sucks, but it's just, it's not him. And you are going to find love that you deserve uh, that isn't with him. Absolutely. Um, do me one favor, Gigi, and I want you to write out the sentence that Sam rewrote for you. 
stick it in your wallet, put it on your mirror, carry it around, whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Um, that's your mission for the next couple months. And mm-hmm. we hope it helps. Just read that so many times that you start believing it. Yeah, honestly. Absolutely. <laughs> we love you so much. All right, Gigi, thank you so much for writing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this final letter is from Two Trusting, who is writing to us from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I first off want to say that I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and your words and stories shared have honestly helped me through some very difficult times and situations. I keep a note tab on my phone for all the best quotes from the podcast so I can look back and remember all the good advice. Now, on to my situation. I'm a 26-year-old woman, straight, and I've recently gone through a very bad breakup. I met this guy, let's call him Tony, off social media a couple months ago. Tony and I don't live in the same city, but connected over social media when I reached out about a post he did. He has a big following on social media. Tony and I had an instant connection. We talked for hours on the phone, FaceTimed, and texted every day. We had a very similar we have very similar personalities and we had a deep intellectual conversation and sexual chemistry. He always was very sweet to me, cared about my feelings, and would give me compliments regularly. He was always interested in my day, asked about my future, and made me feel special. When he came into town to visit, we had a great first date and everything seemed to be going really well. We continued to talk long distance after his visit and started getting stronger feelings for each other. Because of the distance and the strong sexual chemistry, it was hard for us to be apart. He suggested we try FaceTime sex or sexting each other pictures. I was hesitant to do this because we'd been only talking for about a month and a half and I wasn't fully ready to participate. He ended up telling me that he had developed feelings for me and told me how much he liked me, that he had never felt this way about anyone else and that he wanted to be with me long-term. I decided to go ahead with the sex scene after this conversation. After the sex scene, he told me how much he cared about me and that he would fly out to see me the next weekend. Mm -hmm. The next day, I didn't hear from him about buying a plane ticket and I grew worried. I messaged him a few times with no response. I was shocked. Tony made it seem as though he was in love with me and truly cared about me, and now he was ghosting me with no explanation. I tried to reach out a few more times with no avail. I was truly hurt that he didn't want to be uh, to talk to me, especially since we shared such a deep connection. But overall, I was most hurt that I was vulnerable and trusting with him to send him these very intimate images and the next day be ghosted. I decided to wait a month and try reaching out to him again. I didn't care to rekindle the romance, but simply wanted to find out about my photos. My anxiety was killing me and tearing me apart. I felt completely worthless. So I reached out and I politely asked him to delete, delete my pictures that I sent him. As I felt vulnerable and I trusted him and didn't feel comfortable with him having them anymore. After I sent him this, he blocked me on everything. I'm completely Mm. hurt. My overall question is this. Was I too trusting in this relationship? Was I wrong to reach out and ask for my photos? How do I move on from this situation knowing that I will never know what, what happened to my photos? It's killing me not knowing if he deleted them or kept them. I've never sent photos to anyone before and this is hurting me more than anything. If you have any advice to the situation, be very helpful. Best to trusting. Mm. <sighs> to trusting. Um, thank you so much for writing and for for sharing 
sort of what you're going through with us. Um, I can feel the anxiety mm-hmm. that you're feeling through this letter. Um, I, it's so clear that you are, that this is like very top of mind for you and that you are sort of, um, that this is probably like an intrusive thought pattern that's yeah. happening of you wondering exactly what's happening with those photos. Um, and so I, I feel that. And, and I, I just want to say like, I don't know if this is going to help, but my guess is that it's just your photos are just sitting in a folder on his phone with probably with photos from other women that he has extracted yeah. from other women in a very similar way. Yeah. Right. Like I think, I think it's normal to be catastrophizing this, right? Like I would because be we have too no control and have been. and we feel really violated. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big thing is that like, you don't have control. This was like, a this was absolutely a violation of your trust. And, and the reality is, is that like, you can't at this point now you can't consent to him having them, right? right? Like, in fact, you have consented, you have not consented to, to him having them anymore and you still can't control whether or not yeah, he that's keeps the them. Yeah, thing about the phone, yeah. And that's like, and that it's, I think it's totally understandable that you would be feeling really, really anxious about this and and sort of sitting in that lack of control and 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 beating yourself up for being too trusting. Um, when in reality, let's be clear, like the only person that did anything wrong in this situation is Tony. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I want to echo Sam and I want to validate this anxiety that you're feeling. I want to validate this frustration and fear and this this feeling of powerlessness or violation that like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally spiraling and think about what's happening with those photos. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's really challenging for our brains truly when we can't, when we have no control over a situation. And this is, this is a particularly tricky situation because we feel as though, like you said, we can't, um, we consented and we can't take our consent back now that like, it kind of was sent with the sent button. Um, Mm -hmm. But two things. I want to echo Sam. You did nothing wrong, right? It is totally normal and okay. And to send a naked picture, right. Or to to Mm -hmm. have FaceTime sex there. There's nothing wrong with this. It doesn't make you any less pure or worthy. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make you um, dirty. It like sending a naked picture doesn't affect who you are and the value of who you are at all. In fact, it's very Mm -hmm. normal. It's very normal. Absolutely. Not to make a joke. Everyone I know. Not to make (laughs) everyone I know. (laughs) Not to make a joke out about about this situation that is causing you a ton of anxiety, but maybe to like make you laugh a little there's got to be a fucking hundred naked pictures of me out out there in the world just like dancing with their naked selves by themselves doing whatever the fuck they are like whether they've been deleted whether like mm-hmm. an fbi agent is like checking me out <laughs> <laughs> or like whether uh-huh. my ex is like pining over me and wondering why i keep talking about them on this podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. but i say that to normalize it, but also to say the only way to combat this anxiety, this fear that you're having of like, oh my, I can't get these pictures back. Like, what is he doing? Is to take your power back. And we take our Mm. power back primarily by affirming ourselves, right? So often our power is, is internal. And so yes, your anxiety is, is valid. Your, your sensation of being like violated is valid, but I want to disempower this anxiety because one photo in one scuzz bucket's phone doesn't <laughs> make you a dirty, less valuable human being. In fact, 
just because this one asshole has your picture doesn't make you any less powerful, beautiful, sexy, mm. desirable. Like you're mm -hmm. a badass. Like, let me just, let me just like compliment you for a second. You are a gorgeous, smart, talented, kind human being who did the bold human thing to like have a crush on someone, right? To like, mm -hmm. to trust someone, to trust what they're telling you at face value and to be mm -hmm. vulnerable and open with them. And then you sexy badass, you, you took a naked picture and you sent it like, cool. You are <laughs> like a cool person in my book. You know who's not a fucking cool person? The <laughs> dirtbag who blocks you or who ghosts you first, who manipulates mm -hmm. you. And uh, what I'm guessing is other women because of his social right. media account. Um, we'll yep. talk about predatorial behavior in like three minutes. But like, you know who is a, a dirtbag? Somebody who does that to get the validation of someone else's desire and doesn't show up for any of the work that vulnerability, honesty, and relationships actually require. Like you mm -hmm. taking a sexy photo of yourself, like, damn girl, I think you're fucking awesome. It sucks that you can't get it back, but I just want to make sure, like, I'm not trying to minimize your anxiety. I just want to put... I want to say it through the perspective of one one photo of you in a dirt bag's phone doesn't affect you and or your, a thousand pictures right. too. <laughs> yeah, you and your awesomeness um, at all. Literally, yep. he has he can't touch you. There's no like I mean that physically and metaphysically, right? Like mm. he has no ability to affect your awesomeness, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So continue. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm and I'm with you. And I, I just want to say, like, let's let's normalize sending sexy photos. Let's unnormalize people keeping those photos without other people's consent yeah, or so sharing them with weird. other people yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah, using yeah. them for things that yeah. that the original poster didn't or sender didn't consent to. And right. Me, like, and let me add to that normalizing list. Let's normalize um being um, cognizant of predatory behavior online. And we'll talk about that in a second. I just wanted to add that mm -hmm. to the list. Cause like send all those sexy ass photos, you know, do all absolutely. of that, but also like don't trust or trust these red flags. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's like what it's, I did want to talk about a little bit in this, um, not to like make you feel bad, but just to, to oh, yeah. sort it's of like talk you to you. All. Right. It's about him, right? Like he's the asshole here. Uh, but to talk to you and like other folks who might be listening about like the red flags that came up immediately at the beginning of this letter when you were talking about Tony, um, because this is my guess is I don't know Tony, so like whatever. But my Please guess is, is that DM me his Instagram <laughs> handle because I would love to fucking talk to this fucker. <laughs> My guess is, is that this is behavior that he has done to other people in the past, right? And so, like, the fact that he's got a big social media following and you DM'd him and he was like, oh, cool, you live in the city that I'm going to be in pretty soon. Like, let's talk about how much we love each other, mm. um, right? Like, the fact that he, he, ex he literally cajoled you into sending him pictures, right? Like he, he manipulated you. He told you that he loved you and had feelings for you. He told you like when you were like, I don't want to do that. He literally, his response to that was like, oh, I have feelings for you, which is like so manipulative. So manipulative. And, so, and this, there is a type of person who does this a lot, typically men. And so just want to talk to our, yep. our male listeners, particularly in this moment, which is to say that like this type of behavior that Tony is exhibiting, which is sort of 
finding someone on social media or strategic. like responding to a social media thing, right? That is absolutely strategic. That is manipulative. That is telling people you have feelings for them, even if they might feel real ghosting them after they send you pictures or refusing to delete their pictures after they send them to you. This is gross, predatory behavior. I know that it's really normalized right now in this like wild west that is the social media, but it's not acceptable. It is absolutely not acceptable. If you, if someone sends you naked photos or, or if someone asks you to delete their photos, do it. Absolutely do it. And also like, and don't, Oh my God, don't, don't cajole people into doing things that they are uncomfortable with. Even if they are consenting, if they are consenting under false pretenses or they are consenting because you manipulated them into consenting, that's not, that's not consent. And that's, that's really like, it doesn't speak very well to you or your desirability as a person. If you have to manipulate or force people to say yes to you. So like, Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) When we were talking, I was like thinking about, um, because what we're saying too is a lot of narrative that I've heard, not, (laughs) not the directed at the predatory, but like, you know, trying to pick up on these red flags. You know, my niece Mm -hmm. is 14. And so I was present during some conversation about like internet safety with her. And then I realized even, even in that conversation, we switched it here, the narrative a little bit. Um, but the conversation is so often like pick up on the red flags, not don't, not don't be a fucking (laughs) douchebag. Like what the fuck? Um, absolutely. And, and so I just want to like amend my own comment. Cause I was like, let's normalize picking up on red flags. And I want to like erase that comment and instead say like normalize, you know, I love that you said normalize naked, sending naked photos because like, that's okay. It's not a shameful thing to do. It doesn't make you mm-hmm. less desirable. It doesn't make you an idiot. You know, like so often we think we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're dumb for being vulnerable. Let's normalize like maybe not being manipulative sociopaths online because <laughs> exactly. social media lets us hide all of the worst sides, sides of ourselves. Um, no, no, absolutely. I was and like, like sitting here be... daydreaming what I would tell my future child. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, like I'm going to tell my future daughter, like not to send naked pictures. Uh, I'm going to say maybe. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I think I would say like, um, yeah, fuck. I don't know. My son, though. Let me tell you what I'm going to tell my son. (laughs) Okay, what are you saying? Sorry. No, and I think that that's what's challenging about Mm. this type of conversation is that it's like a both and, right? Yeah. This dude is the only dude who needs to be held accountable for what he did. And also the reality is, is that like there's fuckers out there like this guy who are going to use our photos and our consent and then exploit it and... Yeah. And manipulate it, right? And I... And like... You have to acknowledge that both of those things are true, despite the fact that it would be despite the fact that my first instinct always is to say, like, those dudes fucking suck. They should all be like they should have Twitter taken away from them. Yeah, (laughs) like they should be. I don't know. They should be me tooed across the planet. And instead of your (laughs) naked photos showing up online, it should be your conversations with him showing how much of an asshole he is. You should be fired from his job and everyone should hate him. (laughs) Sam's on it today. (laughs) I just like. It's just um, like these type of people have always existed for sure. Like, like there have been pickup artists, like in early 2000 was all about pickup artists and like, and now social media just allows for this to happen in such an, an anonymous mm, way. Totally. And it's because like social media allows us to 
um, help, actually holds no accountability towards vulnerability, right? Oh my like, God, say it social, again, girl. <laughs> social media holds no accountability for vulnerability, right? Like social media allows us to say what we want when we want to say it. It allows us to present certain aspects of our lives and not others. It allows us to um, extract things from other people yeah. and then keep it, yeah. right? Like, like there was a time when it would be really difficult to take a nude photo of a, of a partner and then keep that nude photo. Yes. Right. And now it's like, this happens literally every day. And so social media has done wonderful things for this world. <laughs> Everyone knows how much I hate social media. Uh, but also it allows people ex exploitative people to exploit people much more easily. Yeah. And so just be wary of social media, be wary of who you're talking to because like, and also people on social media don't use it as a tool to be exploitative yeah. and to extract consent from people when they don't want to give it to you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, and I'm going to turn it back to our listener before we sign off because I, and you expressed this sentiment already, but I want to say again, like reading this letter, Sam and I can see all these red flags, but we want to reiterate, like you did nothing wrong. Like this no. homie said, I'm falling for you. I have, I see a future with you. You're special. I, he invested in you. He, he like put just enough of a deposit into your like inner bank of like, you're compliment. I'm complimenting you. I'm interested in you and your, your hobbies and did da, 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 da. Like you followed all of the cues, right? Mm -hmm. It is not on us, the manipulated to, to diagnose the manipulators, right? Mm -hmm. It is not on us to, to protect ourselves. Like, I think what's tricky here is that it can so often make us feel as though we need to be hyper vigilant and hyper aware of all of the red flags. Yet, you know, like Sam and I's job is to sit here and tell you guys about red flags. We can never be fully <laughs> aware of them because often red flags come cloaked in, um, I don't know, a charming <laughs> demeanor and flirting mm -hmm. and they can come wrapped in love bombs and flowers and compliments. And, and I just want to reiterate like too trusting, you didn't do anything wrong by following the cues that somebody gave you. Um, mm. and you didn't do anything wrong, wrong by sending a naked picture and that naked picture out there in the universe has no power over you. Um, mm -hmm. You can reclaim this. You can reclaim this day. You can reclaim this relationship as like, damn, that fucking sucks that there is a bad person out there. But I know that I am, I, I am good. I am worthy. I am desirable. Um, I am uh, powerful and that I deserve somebody who's going to respect me. Um, and, and, and how brave of me to like believe in love for five fucking minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I totally agree. I think that the, your capacity to trust your capacity to be vulnerable is a strength. It's awesome. It's one of the, I think it is an amazing thing to be able to trust and be vulnerable with people. Yes. Um, and it's, and it's important for us to not let the fuckwads of this world, like diminish that Fuck for us or it. take that away from <laughs> us. Yeah, right. Like you, the fact that you are trusting and vulnerable is wonderful. We should all be more trusting and we should all be more vulnerable. Um, and so it's not necessarily like, I want you to stop being trusting. It's that I just want you to be more discerning with who you put mm -hmm. that trust and vulnerability into and, and recognize that like social media offers people the opportunity to lie and to talk about themselves in ways that aren't true. Um, and that you'd, 
deserve someone who's going to be open and honest and vulnerable with you. But I don't want you to hear this as an indictment of your ability to trust and your ability to be vulnerable because that is amazing. It's what makes us human. And, and I, I love that part of you. So don't, don't let this man take away from the awesome strength that you have in being trusting and vulnerable with people. Yeah. Fuck him. Black him. Yeah. Black him. Black him. He doesn't let's turn this around. Yeah. All right. We love or you. like put his Instagram handle on Reddit somewhere where they're like listing all the sexual predators and see if there are other women who might have been victim to this asshole. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an option too. <laughs> With that one that I actually totally co-sign. Um, like I'm just trying to say like, send me, send me the handle in the DMs. <laughs> Let me do some investigating. All uh-huh. right. Um, too trusting. You are not too trusting. You are perfect and powerful and we love you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of this episode. Every show we want to shout out something we want to set you up with this week. We are sending you home with a scary movie. Cause it's scary movie season. Ooh, exciting. Is it the election? <laughs> Sorry. I'm having a lot of anxiety. Go ahead. Continue. No, that's, that's legit. Me too. Uh, it's called the lodge. It is on Hulu, I believe. I should probably have looked that up before that, but it's on like Hulu or or Netflix <laughs> or something. Uh, it's really fucking scary. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. oh it's God. by... Sam and I both like first... watching scary movies. Peter <laughs> oh, the most sure. out of the three of us. Yes. Um, but I... So let me say this. It is scary in the way that I like scary movies, which is that it's like very unsettling. And like you feel really uncomfortable the whole mm-hmm. time. There's not a lot of like jump scares. There's like, it's not really like a slasher film. Um, it's by the same people who did Goodnight Mommy uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. which was like, it went viral. The The preview for that movie went viral because the preview was so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but The Lodge is just like, it's it's deeply unsettling in a lot of like creepy ways. Like it, it makes you like, wonder what's actually happening. I would say that it's like midsummer, but a little more claustrophobic, Mm. which is what I also prefer. Like it's very contained. Um, and we watched it at the beginning of the month because, um, Peter loves scary movies. So every October we watch, you know, many, many scary movies. Uh, and I, like we started it out with the lodge and I was like, this is great. We've peaked. We don't like, I can (laughs) handle any of the other horrible scary movies that you want to watch because like we got this one in. So, uh, it's called the lodge. I believe it's on Hulu. Um, if you are into scary movies, check it out. If you're not into scary movies, then like Hocus Pocus is also an option. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. That's right. Please follow us on Spotify. If you follow us on Spotify, you will be alerted every time there's a new weekly episode. Uh... Still working on the script for that one. Uh, Sorry. And consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls. He knew two random strangers, giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical, wonderful things by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember... Your fear and anxiety may be understandable, 
but constantly worrying about the worst case scenario isn't going to help. You can be both afraid and courageous at the same time. You are capable of doing difficult things and feeling difficult feelings. This too shall pass and you're doing the best that you can and that's all you can ask of yourself. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs> <laughs>